Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, this is John Dorsey. How you doing, buddy boy? Don't be scared. What's better than this? Guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts on this Thursday edition of the show. Very excited to get our predictions out there. We're going to go through the Power 5 conferences and the college football playoffs, and of course, our national championship picks for the 2018 season. Uh, so it's time to put uh, put, put our, uh, what do you call that, a reputation, I guess, on the line here with uh, with who we think the best of the best are going to be this year. Kyle, welcome to the show. I can tell you this. My first prediction of this show is that I'm having a better week than Michael Kendricks. <laughs> For sure. That's not even a hot take, what right? A, a wild story this is. Holy cow. And then, like, after the story broke, the first thing Michael did was come out and say, yeah, that's true. I committed a felony but I'm very sorry and I'll never do it again. (laughs) But I did tell the Browns that I did this when I signed. And about four hours later, Cleveland says, "Uh, no, you didn't have a nice time. Pack your bags. So we, we literally went from Kendricks being a starting linebacker to the, on the Cleveland Browns to being indicted for a felony and being cut in a span of six hours. That's just, Best hard knocks ever. Yep, that's it. That's the fun of this, right? I mean, they've had so many crazy things. I almost feel like Cleveland always has crazy things going on. But uh, the fact that we're going to kind of get to see this unpack itself on Monday or Tuesday next week for hard knocks is certainly makes it more interesting. Did you see the um, somebody put out a tweet with um, they were making fun of the financial advice for hard knocks? Yeah. Yeah, so it was a picture of Nassib on the board with like the seven years thing. And he says, caption is, so in summary, if you give your Michael to Ken, to if you give your money to Michael Kendricks in seven years, you'll have $64 million. What a combination of people for one team, man. It's crazy. You think you've seen it all. Yeah, you're, you're not kidding. I feel like we're going to have more of that. Though, you know, like we're starting to be old heads a little bit. Like I'm pushing 30, you're just over 30. And um, I feel like we're going to have those things kind of creep up on us now where we've been around long (laughs) enough that we can be like, oh my God, I've never seen that before. (laughs) And it matters. (laughs) Right. And it's like, it actually has some substance to it. Yeah. But that's not what we're here for today, Joe. We're here to cover the same things we see every year in football. We're going to talk conference championships. We're going to talk college football playoff. We're going to talk about the natty. 
and we're going to give predictions. Now, Joe, you did some of this for Six Pack Thursday last week. Yeah. So this might be stale on your end a little bit. I apologize. You have to rehash it through with me, but I appreciate your patience in doing so. No, of so course. We're going to start with the SEC. Why don't you go ahead and frame the SEC championship game the way you see it materializing, Joe? Yeah, I mean, I, to me, it's Georgia in the East would just be shocked if it was any other team. I'm, I mean, what, South Carolina is the next best team? This is going to be Georgia in the East. And from the West, I think it's going to be Alabama. Now, we'll talk more about Alabama because I have a different trajectory for them this year than I think a lot of people anticipate. But I think this is Georgia and Alabama in the SEC championship game, and I think Georgia's going to win it. It's a, it's a revenge game. They should have won the national championship last year. And uh, Georgia's out for blood. They're going to win the SEC this year. Yeah, so I gave a half-second consideration to Auburn. And I gave absolutely zero consideration to anybody other than Georgia on the east side. Uh, But when you have established rosters and and coaching staffs that, you know, have really, with recruiting the past couple years, solidified their standings, I can't see it any way other than Alabama or Georgia. Now, I, like I said, I, I did think about Auburn. I do think Alabama's not the best they've been in the last couple of years. And for that reason, I would also pick Georgia over Alabama in, in the SEC championship game this year. There you go. It's uh, both of us with Georgia, man. Neither one of us are thinking Bama's going to win it. Now, that didn't keep them out of the playoffs last year. So uh, we'll be anxious no, to see how well we both see that unfolding. ACC, so Big Ten. Big Ten oh, right. ACC. You got yours off first, so you you go ahead and, and lead us off here. All right. This is your conference. It would only be fair to let you lead it. I don't know how much parity there's going to be in the ACC this year. Uh, you know, Clemson, they're a staple in the ACC championship game. I certainly see them winning that division. You know, Louisville, I don't expect them to be a contender. NC State's not going to be the team they were last year. Florida State, I think – is not ready to contend with Clemson again in that division. So uh, to me, it's Clemson. And on the other side, it's Miami. And uh, I've, I've been well stated here with my opinions on Miami. I, I don't like Malik Rogier at all, their quarterback, but I love everything about else about that team. And so, you know, they're, if they had a different quarterback, I might think this is a national championship contender, but uh, he's going to limit them. So give me Miami from the other side, Clemson and Miami in the ACC championship game. Clemson is the winner. Yeah, so you know we're two for two, line and step. So I do want to give some substance to this conversation, Joe. You studied the ACC extensively this summer. Mm-hmm. How many quarterbacks on other teams in the ACC could you put on the Miami Hurricanes and feel like you would feel better about that team's ability to compete for a national championship? Top of my head, seven. Seven, so more than half the conference. Yeah, I mean, and there's a lot of new quarterbacks Miami, in there. So whoever the quarterback is for Clemson, are you including two quarterbacks from Clemson? <laughs> I probably would include both of them. Would, I'd include yeah. Dan- Daniel Jones from Duke. I'd include DeAndre Francois. I can, can also James Blackman, uh, Eric Dungy from Syracuse, Josh Johnson from Virginia Tech. Uh, that's off the top of my head, man. Um, that's That's seven right there. Now, not Virginia's quarterback, not Georgia Tech. Ryan Finley. 
Ryan Finley's 100%. Yep. Um, so we're at eight quarterbacks. We're at eight. Conference. Certainly not taking Daquan Marshall, not taking this new guy for Virginia. North Carolina, definitely not. You're not buying on uh, Jawan Pass? No, I don't know anything about him yet. So, I mean, he's we haven't seen much from him, but uh, he probably has more upside than Who's, Malik Rozier. Who does Wake have at quarterback? True freshman. Uh, I cannot remember his oh, name, okay. but he's a true freshman starting they, this year. They lost, they lost Walford, right? Mm-hmm. He's fun, yeah. Yeah, he was a good little player. So we have eight. So you would put Malik <laughs> Rozier eighth on the uh, ACC quarterbacks ranking. That's not ideal. Not good. So, uh, as you said, uh, Florida State, obviously the the predominant team that could look to contend, and they have some really exciting explosive talent and just don't necessarily know uh, how they push Clemson with with how established Clemson is. And uh, Miami on the other side, pretty lean. Virginia Tech's going to have a down year this year, so I agree with you. Clemson, Miami, give me Clemson as well and locking them in. Spoiler alert, college football playoff spot. Big 10. Joe, time for the Big 10. So as I look over the divisions here, I'm again reminded just how unfair the Big 10 decided they were going to lay out these divisions, putting Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, and Michigan State in the same division. Meanwhile, it's Wisconsin, Iowa, Northwestern, and Nebraska on the other side. That's the top four teams in each division. Um, Iowa has an outside shot, but I think Wisconsin's brand is just far too strong. I think their ability to just jam the ball down your throat is going to be very difficult to stop. On the other side, Ohio State has some distractions. They have a new quarterback in place. Uh, defensively, I like some of their players, but they lost like four NFL defensive linemen last year. I think their offensive line prospects are fairly overrated. I don't think I'm favoring Ohio State here. So you look at the other three teams. You got Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State. Penn State lost a ton. They lost a play caller. That's a lot of losses incurred as well. Defensively, they, they've had several defenders that are either suspended or retired. They lost a starting defensive end. They lost a linebacker. So Penn State's incurring losses on both sides of the football now. That's, uh, that's scary. So I can't – I think Penn State will actually finish fourth in the Big Ten East. Uh, so we're down to Michigan and Michigan State. So I look through the rosters, and I just look at this really intriguing dynamic between the two. Michigan's bringing back nine defensive starters. Michigan State's bringing back ten offensive starters. These are the two most experienced teams in the Big Ten. I think it will come down to this October 20th game at Michigan State. Michigan State won last year. I'm going to stick with my gut, and I'm going to go with Michigan State winning that football game, and that will be the key that pushes them over the line into the Big Ten championship game to play Wisconsin. And it's a good thing it's with Michigan State because I think Wisconsin can take that football game, and I think they do take that football game. So you have Michigan State. Is, is that what I heard correctly there? Michigan State and Wisconsin, and I think Wisconsin can win the football game over uh, Wisconsin can win the football game over Michigan State. If they were playing Michigan, I think they'd have a much harder time because Michigan's defense would for, would just bog that offense down so much. Okay. 
Um, so give me Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship over Michigan State. All right. Uh, I'm with you on Wisconsin. I don't think there's one person in America that doesn't believe Wisconsin's going to win that division. Uh, that's They're not going to win the division. The other side, yeah, like you said, that's where it gets a little bit fuzzy. I really do buy into this Ohio State thing being a major distraction with the Urban Meyer situation. And as well as, you know, look, I, I think Dwayne Haskins has got a lot of talent. He still needs to settle in and be the quarterback. I mean, JT Barrett, you can say what you want about him. He's a great college football player. Um, and so I think there's that turnover there is going to, you know, combined with the quarterback, uh, combined with the coaching distractions, I think is going to lead to a couple of losses for Ohio State this year. And Ohio State's not uh, been immune to a hiccup or two every single year. So I don't think this is the year that they don't have a hiccup. Right. I think that makes sense. Uh, Penn State, so many things lost on that offense. Right. Joe Moorhead, Saquon Barkley. Uh, uh, Deshaun Hamilton, Mike Kosicki, a ton of turnover there. And, uh, you know, they've got to be able to keep pace with, you know, some really good teams in their own division. And, uh, you know, it kind of gives us back to Michigan State. Michigan, I love the amount of experience returning for Michigan State. Uh, And I like Brian Lewerke a lot. Uh, But Kyle Krabs has been telling me this summer that Michigan's got an NFL defense. And all of a sudden, Michigan's also got Shea Patterson. And they've got uh, Peoples-Jones at at wide receiver and one of the best two or three running backs uh, in the conference. And you know, they've got some big uglies up front. So this is a team that I'm pretty excited about. So I'm buying in on Michigan this year to win that division, play against Wisconsin in the big 10 championship. And I have Wisconsin winning that football game. So we are three for three on conference champions and we're five for six on teams playing for <laughs> conference championships through the SEC, the ACC and the big 10. Let's see if it gets interesting here. I think it will get interesting. We're going to have at least one more team that differs in each of the next two conferences. Because okay. you know my picks already. So, <laughs> I do. I'm sitting here looking at them right now. Let's talk Pac-12 football. I'll take the lead here. Okay. Washington is a team that I think has a very legitimate chance to compete for a college football playoff position. Um, their division outside of Stanford is fairly favorable. Uh, Their roster is fairly favorable. They have Stanford at home. Uh, They have obviously the big test against Auburn on Saturday. Their toughest conference game is probably Utah on the road on September 15th. This team's bringing back 17 starters on a team that won 10 football games last year. Quarterbacks back, running backs back. They're getting back Trey Adams at offensive tackle, who they missed last year. All these pieces kind of adding up. I, I think Washington will take advantage of the fact that they have Stanford at home. I think they will run the table in Pac-12 play, and they're either going to be 11-1 and or 12-0 going into the Pac-12 championship. And you can give me on the other side, Give me the Arizona Wildcats. This is a really interesting team. They went 7-6 and six last year. They are returning 18 starters from last year, including a Heisman candidate in Khalil Tate. This has Louisville Cardinals written all over it with Lamar Jackson. It really, really does. And you look at the schedule, their conference schedule is at Oregon State, home against down USC, home against Cal, at Utah on a Friday, put a star next to that game. That game will decide the division. At UCLA, home against Oregon, home against Colorado, 
at Washington State, home against Arizona State. I think this team can win nine games. They can lose a game in the division, and they might still win the conference. Give me Washington over Arizona in the Pac-12 championship. Washington over Arizona. Uh, Okay, so I have Washington. I think that they're the clear choice in the other side. Um, But the other side is where it gets interesting, right? Um, And we're going to be different here because I have Utah winning this division. That's a team that has never played for a Pac-12 championship. So I'm, you know, this would this would be historic for them. Um, They've got some tough games, right? They still got to play USC. They got to go to Stanford. They got to deal with Washington. They obviously Oregon, those, you know, all these teams on their schedule. So they have a tough road, but there's a lot of experience coming back to Utah. And so, um, you know, I think that they have a really good opportunity here to win the South. Um, I don't expect, you know, UCLA to be ready yet to compete for that, uh, for that division under Chip Kelly. USC is bringing in, you know, that true freshman quarterback that's going to start for them. So we don't, you know, obviously he's the best quarterback they have, but, you know, they they had issues last year with a quarterback like Sam Darnold being consistent. So uh, I like my chances with Utah and the experience that they bring back to lose to Washington in the Pac-12 championship game. So we are now four for four on conference champions, but we are out of step with uh, two of eight as far as teams playing in conference championship games, Joe, we have the big 12 left. Why don't you go right ahead before I follow your lead? All right. There's no divisions in the big 12, the, the top two seeds. Yeah, they, play it weird. <laughs> they, they just play, um, man. I'd love to do go with West Virginia here. I'm just nervous about them on defense this year, but their offense is going to be really, really good. Uh, one of my teams is going to be Oklahoma. Um, I think, they lost a lot, but they've got some explosive guys on offense. Obviously, you think about Marquise Brown, and he's unbelievably fast. They've got the best running back in the country, Rodney Anderson, that's draft eligible. There's the asterisk, but he's a phenomenal football player. You know, Kyler Murray, he's small, but he's very explosive. And so they're going to be tough to match up with, obviously, with Lincoln, Lincoln Riley's offense there uh, being, you know, no huddle, up-tempo. I think it's going to be super hard to stop and, and hopefully they've got, you know, they recruit well, so maybe they can put it together on defense this year. Uh, so I like them as, as one of the teams in the big 12 championship game. My other team is TCU. Gary Patterson's one hell of a football coach and his teams are always disciplined and they compete. And, and from a defensive perspective, you know, I think TCU's primed to have the best defense in the big 12. Now that's not necessarily a compliment, but it matters when we're thinking about who's going to slot. Oklahoma State's going to be down this year, in my opinion. Texas is close, but I think that they're going to have some hiccups along the way. They always do. That's been their MO lately. So give me Oklahoma over TCU in the Big 12 championship game. Ooh. TCU's a tough sell, Joe. This division or this conference, you're absolutely right, comes down to four teams. Oklahoma, TCU, Texas, and West Virginia. So Oklahoma, I want to write them off because I think Kyler Murray's not going to be very good, but they have so much talent offensively elsewhere that I feel confident that they can outscore a vast majority of teams in the conference. So the question then becomes, 
is there anybody out there that you feel like can a defensively bang with Oklahoma and keep their point totals down? Or is there anybody out there that you feel like can play up to Oklahoma's offensive firepower? I think West Virginia could feasibly with Greer, with everybody else that they have here, uh, make a really, really strong push at Oklahoma, especially because it's a late season game and it's at home at West Virginia. Uh, guess who else has Oklahoma at home? TCU. Uh, Texas is a neutral site game. So Oklahoma's got these tough assignments as far as the teams that they will be competing for the conference with. There are no easy games out of this uh, schedule that, that Oklahoma's going to have to deal with. With that said, my picks in this game are Oklahoma and, Joe, are you ready? I know what you're going to say. No, you don't. <laughs> I think I think Texas okay. is back. I think this, this four-headed monster at the top of the Big 12, they're going to do what they usually do. They're going to cannibalize each other. They're going to ruin a shot at a college football playoff spot. <laughs> and I think Oklahoma and Texas will get a rematch in the Big 12 championship game, which I expect uh, Oklahoma to win that rematch and win the conference. So is my question is, is Oklahoma one zero one two loss Big 12 champion? I think they're probably a two-loss okay. Big Twelve champion. And that—that's they're out. They, they don't. You don't get to the playoffs like that. Yeah. So uh, you know, I I think Texas, TCU, West Virginia, all those teams are probably nine and three. Okay. Oklahoma's ten and two, and then the conference championship gives them eleven and two. All right. So we've got our conference champions, and now it's time to talk about how they slot in the college football playoffs. Uh, I'll go first here because mine. There's no suspense here. If you read Six Pack Thursday last week, you know, right. you know who I have. I've got Clemson at number one. I've got number two. I've got Georgia. I've got Washington at number three, and I've got Wisconsin at number four. And uh, so, I think the big reactions probably, you know, where's Alabama? And it's crazy to not pick Alabama because Alabama's in it every year, but. What this came down to, what my rationale behind not having Bama in this is I think they're going to lose two games. They've got LSU, Mississippi State, good football team this year in Auburn. I think they lose one of those three games. And then they've got Georgia in the SEC Championship, and I think they lose that game. Two losses, and you're out. You're probably going to be out. And so that's my rationale behind it, Georgia wins that SEC championship game, and that really bumps them. It's going to be a playing game, in my opinion, but uh, that's going to bump them out. But uh, for me, one, two, three, four, Clemson, Georgia, Washington, Wisconsin is my college football playoffs. So, Joe, let me ask you this. Of these four college football playoff teams, which one is the most likely to enter the playoff undefeated? Georgia. Ah, Clemson? Clemson. To me, it's Clemson. I think Georgia's the least likely. Who do you have them losing to? I mean, that LSU game could be tough. Sure. 
Missouri's got some offensive firepower. It would be a massive upset. But I look at you know, Washington. Washington, I know they could, they could feasibly lose to Stanford at home, but who else is Washington going to lose Auburn. to? Look at Wisconsin's schedule. Who is Wisconsin? That's a good point. Who's Wisconsin going to lose to? Who do they play from the other side? That team plays a super soft out-of-conference schedule. Wisconsin schedule is Western Kentucky, New Mexico, BYU, at Iowa, Nebraska, at Michigan, Illinois, at Northwestern, Rutgers, at Penn State, at Purdue, Minnesota. So Michigan and Penn State are their two losable games. And they're both on the road, but Penn State's down. And it's do you think Michigan can really shut down and that's what I said when I previewed the conference. I think they can. But if I was going to pick who's more likely to lose a game, I would probably think Georgia's more likely to lose a game in the SEC sure. than Wisconsin is in the Big Ten. Now, Clemson, let me rip through this schedule very quickly here. But you you tell me where the loss comes. Furman at Texas A&M, Georgia Southern at Georgia Tech, Syracuse at Wake, NC State at Florida State, Louisville at Boston College, Duke, South Carolina. I mean, maybe at Florida maybe. State. That's like the most likely loss. <laughs> right. And, but you know, it, it's, you know, you would have thought this was the case last year with Clemson, and then Syracuse. Clemson gets upset by yeah. Syracuse. And they lost on the pit the year like before, right? Game. You have no business losing those types of games. So a loss will probably come for a majority of these teams. But that's kind of how I'm tackling my rankings because it's how I would anticipate these teams to slot and where the wins and losses would come. So I would go with Clemson at one. I would go with Washington at two, Wisconsin at three, Georgia at four. So Joe, I know that's crazy to think about as Georgia is the potential four seed, but as I look through the other team schedules, I think each one of those teams has a better opportunity to really impose their will and show themselves with their schedules to be dominant teams. So the question would really just become, okay, would Georgia playing tight games play into their favor or play against them in a seeding if all of the records were equal? So uh, I think this is a really tightly grouped bunch if it ends up playing out this way. But um I think you you might get two teams undefeated, and you'll have teams drop a game that they probably shouldn't. So let's talk about uh, national championship game and and who wins. For me, I've got uh, Clemson playing Georgia for the national championship, and I've got uh, Georgia fans heartbroken for back-to-back years because they lose the national championship to Clemson. Love the experience that Clemson has obviously in, in big games and Georgia got that last year, so they don't not have it, but uh, you know, Kelly Bryant um, or, or if it's uh, Trevor Lawrence, but I think it's probably going to be Kelly Bryant because he's already proven to be able to take that team very, very far. Uh, this is a team with weapons on offense. They've got a loaded defense. Their front seven is outstanding. Their defensive line is one of the best in the country. Some talent in the secondary, obviously they have talent everywhere given how well they recruit, but uh I think this team's going to have momentum all year long. I don't see any hiccups for them along the way. And uh, Clemson wins their second national championship in three years. Yeah, this is a tale of 
two types of games for me. Uh, Georgia versus Clemson. Uh, offense has a lot of firepower, right? Uh, the other teams being Washington and Wisconsin. Uh, that's much more of a ground grinded out type of affair. I would take Clemson and I would take Washington in those two head-to-head contests. And uh, my end result also ends with the Clemson Tigers as your national champions in the 2019 college football championship game. Jake Browning does enough to get him to the natty. That's my one thing with Washington, yeah. man. I just can't. I, he limits that team. He's probably okay for that system. But if you think about if Jacob Eason was starting this year for Washington, yeah, we'd be t- I mean, yeah. we, they'd be a real threat. Now, they already are. But, I mean, this would be one of the upper echelon teams. Like, But how many, how many schools realistically are there where you look at the quarterback play and you say, yeah, that's not an inhibitor? Not many. And even Kelly Bryant. You saw it against Alabama in the, in the playoffs last year. They really forced him to be a thrower yeah. and cost that offense. So it's not like the NFL. And even <laughs> Alabama, right? I mean, you, you, you had Jalen Hurts as, as a complete yeah. liability for Alabama. And they still – were unstoppable down the stretch last year. So, no, I I try not to put a ton of stock into it because, you know, you see it at the college level with so much more consistently. You can you can work around it if you've got a dominant roster by and large, you know, you can you can force a quarterback or his tools around him into losing situations. And uh I thought that that was really what Michigan did to Michigan State last year, where Lewerke was a superior quarterback, and Michigan State ended up winning the game 14-10. But, like, Michigan really put the bolts on the skill players at Michigan State. It wasn't necessarily Lewerke making a lot of bad decisions. It was just nobody separated because Michigan State's skill players were just such a lower level than what you had at Michigan. And... um you know they they found a way to grind out the win, and you know, it ended up it ended up playing that Michigan State jumped out early and they held on to that lead. So uh, I think at the college level you can mask the Jake Brownings of the world, the Alex Hornibrooks of the world. Clearly, Alex Hornibrook and Wisconsin almost beat Ohio State. They had the ball on the plus side of the fifty with less than a minute left, down three points to win the game. So. I hear what you're saying, but I don't necessarily know if it's enough to get me to bail out on these yeah, teams. Yeah, that's kind of the deal, man. There's uh, The best quarterbacks aren't necessarily on the right teams. <laughs> it's yeah, right. You've got Alex Hornibrook and Jake Browning in the college football playoffs, you know? Kelly Bryant, who's going to be a backup at best in the NFL. And then Jake Fromm, who I think yeah. has some upside. But Folks, let us know what your predictions are. You can reach us on Twitter, Joe's at the Joe Marino. I'm at Grinding the Tape. And uh, we hope to hear from you and who you think will be playing for the national championship, who your college football playoff picks are. And uh, make sure that you let us know on this Thursday as we kick off the season tonight with week one. You know, week zero happened, but week one's where the real party starts. I wrote about five player prospect matchups that you should be watching for in week one. So swing right over to the Draft Network and check that out as well. I am Kyle Krabs signing off with Joe Marino. Thanks for listening to the Draft Dudes podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with the TDN Super Show with the boys over at Locked On NFL Draft.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.